Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, John, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to College Football Roundtable. If you're listening to this, yes, it has been a while. I'm your host, Dano E. Cabeza, editor here at As For Football, and I am coming to you out of coastal Connecticut. I'm joined today by Jordan out of Atlanta and James from Brigade Review out of frigid, freezing cold Texas. Guys, how are we doing? You know, Dan, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, for those of you that have listened to the show and listened to the other show, you know that my non-Army favorite team is UCF. Got some exciting news happening down for the... Uh, the Knights of Central Florida. So we're going to cover that later in the show, but pretty fired up and, uh, you know, firmly seated on the guest bus. <laughs> very nice. Very, very nice. James, how is uh, Texas treating you? Well, it is actually above freezing today, Dan. So we're at 34 degrees right now as I sit in my car because my apartment has no water. So we're oh. at a friend's house. Oh, that's um, brutal. Yeah, so it's fun. There's a, a massive turtle rescue operation going on because the sea turtles can't handle the co- uh, cold. So all of the ones washing up on the base are getting picked up and brought into hangars uh, until it warms up. Well, that's a good thing for you Navy guys to uh, <laughs> keep yourselves busy with. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, everyone, if you are listening to this right now, you may possibly remember that we originally designed this show, College Football Roundtable, way back in 2019. We did a couple of editions of the show. We liked it, but it was quite a lot of work for everyone to research everything about college football. This new version of Roundtable is not going to be like that. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the games that are on your TV this weekend and what we're watching and what we think is worth watching for you. And uh, we've been working on bringing this show back for a while, but we had to do it in a way that makes sense, that, that we have time to do, that brings you something that you probably won't find anywhere else. So, you know, TV guide for your ears. That's what we're going for here with a college football bent. I can't promise that this thing is going to be weekly, but we're going to give it a try. So, James, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about FCS college football, since that's what's starting here coming up this weekend. Yeah, sounds good, Dan. So as we know, the FCS season uh, in the fall, when it normally occurs, got canceled due to COVID. A few of the some games in the fall uh, against uh, FBS opponents, and there were actually a few FCS non-conference games uh, that were played against uh, you know each other. Uh, so they started to they they have planned a spring season. Uh, so ordinarily, there are 13 conferences in uh, the in FCS, 10 of whom get automatic bids to the tournament uh, because the Ivy League does not send a team to the tournament and because the MIAC and the SWAC uh, play in the Celebration Bowl, Bowl rather than sending their team to the tournament. So this year, it's going to be the same amount of automatic bids. It's 10. Uh, but instead of 24 teams in the tournament, there's only going to be 16. So essentially, they've eliminated, eliminated the eight sort of play-in games to that round of 16. Um, so there's only going to be 16 teams in the tournament. It'll be a normal 16-team bracket, uh, 10 playing, uh, 10 automatic bids, and then, of course, the, the six at large. Uh, 
So for the committee to select the at-large bids, uh, they can use not only everything from this year, from the other conferences, uh, but everything that was played in the fall season as well. So if teams went and played FBS schools and beat them, that matters. Uh, so if, even if it was a team way back in September, uh, that is part of their resume for this year. Um, so they'll select those six teams and we'll all duel it out. Frisco, Texas is where the championship is going to be. Uh, so long way away, but I'm looking forward to it. I got to say, the one thing that makes me sad is that we were talking earlier that the Celebration Bowl is apparently not going to happen. Obviously, bowl season's over, uh, but I really like watching the MIAC and the SWAC, which are the two historically black college and university conferences. I really like watching them play. You know, as a white guy watching the Celebration Bowl, I feel like it's a little like a civilian watching the Army-Navy game. Like, you don't necessarily have a, a favorite team that you're rooting for, but I, I I just appreciate like all the pageantry and everything that goes into it. And uh, it, it's kind of a unique experience. So I'm going to miss that this year. Have you seen yeah, their bands? Yeah. Band? Yeah. It's of insane. course I have. The, the drum majors and they like, they do the limbo thing where they go almost all the way flat. I mean, I have seen um, Bethune Cookman's band in person and they are just, it's just incredible. Quite literally Super Bowl quality bands. Yeah. I mean, these absolutely. are bands that have, have, have performed the Super Bowl halftime show. So, yeah. So I'll Very miss good. that. Uh, and apparently, uh, as we were talking earlier, the MIAC is down to three teams and not really playing a conference schedule. So, uh, you are going to have to get your fill of HBCU football through the SWAC, which is okay. You know, we're going to live with that. That's no problem. So, now let's go through this weekend's games. I'm going to break this up into sort of scheduling blocks. That's how this goes. So, Friday. This Friday, February 19th, in prime time, there are two games, uh, Lincoln, Missouri, at number eight, Nichols. Uh, I should mention I got these rankings off Athlon.com. That's the only FCS rankings that I saw. And then at 8 p.m., number five, South Dakota State, at number three, Northern Iowa. That one's on ESPN. Guys, I can guess which game you're going to watch, but why don't you tell me? Absolutely the second game. You know, South Dakota State's always good. Um didn't they play in the fall or was that North Dakota state? I, I think one of those teams played like one game against an FBS team. Um, I do either not way, think it was either of these teams. There were some teams that played in the fall that are playing this weekend. Uh, if it was South Dakota state, I didn't, I didn't see either one, but yeah, go ahead. Right, either way. That's the game I'm going to watch on Friday night. It, it looks fantastic, right? I mean, it's an early season matchup between top five teams. You know, I'm no FCS expert, but this is about as good as it gets. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and to kick it back real quick uh, to last week, uh, in the sort of week zero, if you will, for FCS. Yeah. Nice and Tarleton uh, State, uh, classic game, double overtime, and Coach Orgeron of the LSU variety, his son was the quarterback Won the game on a QB draw in double OT on like a 25 yard run. So That's go look awesome. that up if you didn't get a chance to. Um, but this weekend, uh, so I don't know how to get Cox Sports TV. So I'm yeah, probably I don't be watching Lincoln Nichols. <laughs> uh, but ESPN Plus, South Dakota State, Northern Iowa uh, for tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'm likely going to throw it on. I have so few allegiances in FCS that I will likely root for the underdog. Um, so I guess I'll be rooting for Northern Iowa just to, to see some cool happen. 
Okay, so Saturday, the early games, there are five of them. We've got at noon, Moorhead State at number four, James Madison. That's on NBC Sports Network Plus. 1 p.m., Mercer at number 20, Wofford on ESPN. All these are on ESPN Plus. At, also at 1 p.m., Samford at ETSU. Number 13, Southern Illinois at North Dakota. And at 2 p.m., Western Carolina at number 15, Furman. Any interest in any of those guys? Yeah, the uh, yeah, the uh, the girl I'm seeing went to nursing school at Samford, so I, I probably should watch that game. So <laughs> she's gonna watch it with so, you. That's the question. No, she's actually out of town this weekend, so uh, I'm just gonna watch on the couch by myself. Uh, so right. Jordan, so I have very. This is not like you know. I hope the the normal college football roundtable will be where I sort of over time have developed allegiances to all sorts of schools around the country because uh-huh. I think they're cool or whatever. I, I, I haven't heard of most of these schools, right? So um, my allegiances are fruitless, but uh, just to be a pain to you, uh, and because I've visited the campus before driving through Johnson City, I'll root for ETSU and we can duke it out over the weekend. Okay, you can tell all of us what ETSU stands <laughs> for because I do not know. Eastern Tennessee State University. It's in Johnson City, uh, Tennessee. Uh, right, is there, is know, there a song about that north. town? Uh, it's in uh, Wagon Wheel. Uh, Johnson, Johnson City, City Tennessee. Tennessee yep. <laughs> and I gotta get it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, really cool city. Red brick everywhere. I thought it was really cool, but I've been to ETSU, so I'm going to root for them. Well, I got to say the one that I am looking forward to is Mercer at number 20 Wofford because we saw Murford, Mercer up at Army this year, and I thought they ran a really cool like read option version of the offense. And, of course, Wofford ranked in the top 25 preseason in FCS. I mean, I don't know if Mercer can take it to them. Probably they can't, but uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the Bears pull out a win there. So moving on, uh, in the Saturday, what we call the big money hour games, these tend to start around 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock. The only game on TV is Northwestern State at Lamar. Uh, I do not know anything about this game. You guys got anything on Northwestern State at Lamar? I'm going to throw a dart at a dartboard. If it lands on an odd number, I'll root for <laughs> Northwestern State. If it lands on an even number, I'll root for Lamar. Yeah, I don't know either. And then Sunday, finally, our our last slate of games. Sunday, starting at 2 p.m., is Eastern Illinois at University of Tennessee Martin, Edward Waters at Jackson State. At 2.30, you've got number 19, Austin P at Tennessee Tech. And at 3.30, Youngstown State at number one, North Dakota State. Guys, what's turning you on there? North Dakota State. Yeah, they haven't lost a game in, what, like three years or something crazy like that? I don't know. We've had more presidents uh, in the time that it's uh, it's taken them to lose a game. So Yeah. Uh, I got to say, too, I am interested in Austin P at Texas Tech just because we saw Austin P play quite a bit during the preseason – or, I'm sorry, during the fall season, and I thought they looked good. Uh, I can't really remember who played on their team, but I thought they had a good quarterback, you know, interesting running game. Kind of like to see that. James, you got anything? Yeah, so uh, I'll introduce a little uh, uh, rivalry here. So uh, because the Ivy League's not playing this year, the only rivalry that involves more than two teams is the Sergeant York Trophy in, uh, at the FCS level, uh, which is Austin P, Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, and UT Martin. So you have a couple of matchups this weekend for that rivalry. 
Um, the current winner holder uh, winners are uh, Austin P. Um, so they have the trophy and they're not looking to give it up. Interesting. All right. Well, there's another reason to watch uh, Austin P at Texas at Tennessee Tech. Ah. All right. And Jordan, what do you have for us today on UCF, your home away from home? So, you know, going into this season, everyone said we're not going to have a coaching carousel this year because of, of COVID. Everyone's going to get, you know, a stay of execution if they're on the hot seat. And, you know, due to budget constraints, no one's going to be able to you know, afford a buyout of a coach and all the assistance or whatever else. That was obviously a lie and fake news because we have had an absolutely insane coaching carousel. So <laughs> for those of you that have not been paying attention, Auburn fired Gus Malzahn last year. And recently, uh, Jeremy Pruitt up at University of Tennessee uh, got in trouble after an, an internal investigation because they were quite literally putting stacks of $100 bills into McDonald's bags and giving them to recruits when they came on campus. Oh, man, that's so ghetto. That's terrible. Classic. Which, believe it or not, the NCAA does not like that. So after that happened, I mean, honestly, it kind of worked out because the athletic director just had to resign. They got to fire the coach. They didn't have to pay for the buyout. I mean, they're still paying for Butch Jones. So <laughs> Butch Jones is now on his third job after you know leaving Tennessee. After that happened, they conducted a national search. Uh, UCF athletic director Danny White, uh, who brought UCF to relevance, uh, got picked up for the job at Tennessee. He conducted a national search for the head coaching job. And believe it or not, no sane, rational Power 5 coach wanted to leave their program to go coach at Tennessee. Shocking. Shocking. James, they, asked, they offered James Franklin. He said, hell no. Uh, I think they probably went after Nick Saban. He just laughed. No one wanted the job. So, it is amazing, though, because that stadium, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, it seats something like 109,000 people. This should arguably be one of the biggest programs in college football, and they've been in a dumpster fire for so long now that they can't even get somebody to come take the job, which is amazing. And I get all the – all the uh, restrictions and recruiting crap that's about to come down on them because of the hundred dollar bills and all that. But what a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It, and Dan, you might know this, but uh, Neyland stadium is, you know, Rocky top uh, yeah. it's named after general Neyland. Who's a West point grad. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, but I will uh, tell you uh, my grandfather and my father, both were Tennessee football season ticket holders. Uh, my dad used to have a box. So oh. I've been there a bunch of times. Yeah, so, so I, uh, way back in the day, uh, General Neyland played, I think, fullback or halfback at Army, was in the Army, got out, uh, was Tennessee's athletic director, and then he got called up to serve in World War II, and he ran supply chains uh, for the Army and logistics, uh, pinned one star, and then came back to Tennessee after the war. So uh, well, That's the way to do it. He's pretty much the reason they're on the map. <laughs> oh, like I said, that's good work if you can get it. Good for him. Yeah. James, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I was driving through uh, the uh, Nashville, not Nashville, uh, uh, where is it? It's in, uh, where is Neyland Stadium? Knoxville. I uh, was driving through Knoxville, and I really wanted to see Neyland Stadium. So we got off the side of the road, you know, Neyland Stadium. We walked around a gate that was, like, locked, but it opened enough to, like, squeeze through. So we squeezed through, saw the stadium. Security guard comes up. 
It's like, what are you guys doing in here? He's like, I just wanted to see the stadium. It's like, you can't be in here. I'm going to have to call security. I'm like, wait, aren't you security? And he goes, that's a good point. I was like, it's like all right, I'll just leave. And, uh, and so we left. <laughs> Hell of a story there, James. <laughs> Thank you for that. So. Uh, anyway, so they, they, they looked into trying to find a coach, another Power 5 job. He didn't want it. So Danny White went back to the well. Poached Josh Heupel from UCF. Uh, Josh Heupel was previously the offensive coordinator at the University of Missouri. Um, and then, you know, Danny White kind of took everybody else with him. He took all his administrative staff, which is kind of a low blow to the, the to the Knights. But at the same time, you know, if you started as an intern at UCF and you get the chance to go, you know, be somewhere at Tennessee, I mean, you're going to take it. I would take that job. Anyway, so... UCF was left without an athletic director and a coach. Uh, they picked up Terry. Don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think he was at Arkansas State. Um, so he actually just hired Butch Jones, ironically. Uh, he came ironic. down to UCF, and he was able to get Auburn, former Auburn coach Guster Malzahn. And when I saw this on Twitter, I rolled my eyes, and I was like, there's no way. You know, Gus got fired. He got a $21 million buyout from University of Auburn. Half of that got paid within 30 days of him being fired. So, like, January time frame, he got a check for $10 million. And then he gets $2.5 million for the next four years, every year. I was like, why the hell is he going to take a job at UCF? Like, he's going to go pull an Urban Meyer and go sit on Fox Big Noon kickoff or whatever and get paid a couple million dollars just to sit there and kind of nod and smile and, you know, draw something on the whiteboard. Um, but he took the job and, you know, he, he's fired up about it. And I, I read, you know, I watched his interviews and press conferences and, you know, his mentality is that, UCF is a special place, and if you get the right job, right guy in the job, they can really become a national powerhouse. So he thinks he's the right guy for the job. I would love to see him stick around for five or ten years. Um, going into this, uh, <laughs> the, the issue with, with UCF is that the uh, the players, you know, players are like the inmates running the asylum, and they were all on Twitter saying we want X Y Z coach, and if you know you don't hire X Y Z coach, we're all going to transfer and we're going to quit which is just not a great look to begin with. But the guy they wanted is the current office of coordinator at Ole Miss. Um, never been a head coach, been calling plays for a year. And it, because of that and hiring Gus, it really has kind of energized this debate on the rush off offense, no huddle kind of spread set. I mean, Gus, Gus Malzahn literally wrote the book on it 20-something years ago, and now a lot of these younger guys like Scott Frost and Josh Heupel run the offense very well. So I think, you know, for Gus, this is almost like a second, second chance to kind of go and improve that he's the king of the, of the no-huddle offense. So all that to say, it'll be very interesting. He talked about his respect for UCF, you know, going back to 2017 when we, uh, we beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. Um, so all that to say, I'm very excited about this hire. I'm on the Gus bus. My family's on the Gus bus. Uh, you know, we're season ticket holders, so definitely going to have to fly down there for a couple games and see see what uh, good old Guster has cooking. Yeah, I got to say the most interesting thing about it, and I think it was a good hire, but the most interesting thing about it is now you've hired the coach that you beat to get to national prominence in the first place, which is just kind of amazing. 
really but like is. I said, you know, they needed somebody who could come in there and it, it's not like UCF is broken. Like that's a good program. So they just needed somebody that knows how to run a successful national level program. And I think they got that. Uh, exactly. I don't think Auburn has been a dumpster fire. I, I, you know, they're competing against the best teams in college football year in and year out. And I mean, they uh, beat that's Alabama not easy. last year, right? Yeah. Three so times. Gus, Gus has beat Nick Saban three times, which is the most of any head coach in college football. Yeah. So I, that, that's a good hire. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I'm excited for him. And with that, I think we will wrap up this first 21st century, I'm sorry, this first 2021 edition of College Football Roundtable. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll come back. I think we'll be back next week, but we'll definitely be back within two weeks to talk more spring FCS college football. And with that, I'm done. Guys, any last parting words? Watch some football. Glad it's yeah. back. Let's watch they some football. We should do this every year. Let's do All it. All right. <laughs> See ya.